Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. We are in month eight, if you are current with us in our Digging Deep 2020 study of glory. The title of the chapter is, And They Couldn't Believe It. And that was said over and over in so many words in the book of Luke. And we're studying Luke, a gospel written by a physician to Theophilus. It is a gospel of compassion that was written by a Greek doctor. And I hope that you are enjoying its mercy, grace, compassion, loving kindness as much as I am. There are some things that are very exclusive to the book of Luke as far as the Gospels are concerned. Luke 15, we have the prodigal son, the lost coin, the lost sheep. Nowhere else to be found in any of the other Gospels, but aren't we thankful that Luke included it? And if there is someone listening today who would love to come home, who has wandered and become weary of what the devil will do to us in this life, if there is someone listening who would like to come home, I would love to be able to help you to do that. The gospel is for all. The gospel has our, the price for your salvation has already been paid. Sad to me to think about the that Jesus died for every single person on the planet and yet his death is wasted on so many who are rejecting him daily. If I can help you to accept this grace by obedient faith. I would love to do that today. That is what I am about in this lifetime is going to heaven and taking as many people as I can with me. We are in the book of Luke and I do want to just point out a couple of things in the first two chapters of the book of Luke. I hope that you've already listened to the first dig a bit and I tried to make Luke chapter one very personal for each one of us. You know, what happened in Luke 2, in the birth of Jesus, where the angels said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We hear the world repeat those words, especially during the December holiday season, very often. But what I want us to concentrate on and recognize today is that those words are not just for some worldwide significant announcement that was being made about God coming to earth. And surely they were about that. But those words were of great personal significance to Cindy Colley. I mean, the way that I live my days, what I do during my days, what I think about, what I purpose for, the way that I raise my children, the way that I view my grandchildren, the way that my husband and I travel around this land when we get to teach the gospel, the things that we do, and most importantly, the confidence that we have as we're doing them in the afterlife, all of those things are very real and tangible in our lives. And they are the product of what happened here in Luke 1 and 2. And so when I say I'm putting my name in these verses, that's meaningful for me. What that says is that this occurrence in Luke chapter 2 has a a direct and profound influence in my 
day-to-day life, but most importantly, in my hope of heaven. I'm so thankful for the glory that is in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. Well, we're staying at home a lot this month. I was listening to my daughter-in-law speaking on a podcast this morning, and she said that she and her husband have made up an imaginary co-worker in their home. She said, if you're doing a lot of work with your husband at home, and I know a lot of my friends' husbands are home for an entire couple of months here at least, and she said, if you're doing a lot of work in your home like you've never done before side by side with your husband, it may be a bit different for you. And there may be occasions when you can get frustrated about the newness of clutter or the... Uh, unusual situation where he's talking on the phone all the time or whatever it might be that's frustrating and she said what was helpful for them and I thought this was really funny is to make up an imaginary co-worker uh, Glenn and I are going to call our imaginary co-worker Priscilla just because we don't know a Priscilla here in the congregation and so we're going to call and we're going to blame Priscilla for a lot of things so we're going to call our co-worker Priscilla and so when I see all those cups lying around I'm gonna say look at what Priscilla did she is so bad at leaving these cups around and we're both gonna just look at each other and say yeah Priscilla's a pain all right enough and then we're gonna move on to um, you know Priscilla talks all the time we'll just whisper that to each other you know Priscilla she just talks all the time and that'll kind of take the uh, put a little levity there and take the heat off one another if we can just Lay the blame for every frustrating thing on Priscilla. Priscilla the pain. And of course I am saying that with a little bit of levity. I know the situation is serious, but we need to laugh. And so I hope that you are finding ways with your family to laugh. Most of all, I hope you're spending time in the scripture. In Luke 1 verse 37, we read these words Luke 1 verse 37 for with God nothing shall be impossible that's the way that we usually quote that verse but it says in the American Standard Version for with God rather no word from God shall be void of power I really like that translation better because that's the whole reason that we are doing digging deep is because no word from God shall be void of power. You could do a whole lesson on no word. Then you could do a whole lesson on from God. And then the rest of the verse shall be void of power. I am thankful for the power that's in this tool that we're holding together right now. And I'm thankful for the power that it is for us in times of despair, in times of distress. I am glad that I have this amazing safety net that is in God's Word. No word that is from God shall be void of power. Take the power, use the power in your life through, through these dark days. Study the Word of God and it will enable you to come forth from this time at home, this dark isolation time that we're going through. It'll enable you to come through that victoriously and even closer to God than you were at the time that you entered this period of isolation. So Luke 1 verse 37, 
a very powerful verse, especially for the diggers today. Now, I want us to look at Luke 2, and in your assignment there, you were specifically supposed to notice Luke 2, verses 9, verse 14, verse 20, and verse 32. In verse 9, it's the shepherds, when the glory shone, the the doxa shone round about them, they were sore afraid, and they couldn't believe it. In verse 14, it's the angels. And I want you to notice it's not the angels singing. We really don't have angels singing in the Bible. That's interesting. But we have the angels saying, Glory to God in the highest. What an amazing thought to think of being a person, a personage in the heavenly multitude that was able to say together, Glory to God in the highest as the Savior was exiting the birth canal to become a part of the human race when the Word, John 1, became flesh. An amazing doxa there in Luke chapter 2 verse 14. And then we have doxazo in Luke chapter 2 verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. I want you to notice that many times when we have the word glory, we have the word praise. So they were glorifying and what comes with that? Praising God. If we want to glorify God, we need to praise Him. And that just doesn't mean just when we're sitting on the pew in the assembly. We're not even getting to do that right now. But we need to be praising God through our social media, through our conversations with people, through our writing, through the notes that we're sending, through our phone calls, we need to be saying, all is well, I, um, because God is great. I was speaking with someone who's had a lot of difficulty this month, a lot of difficulty, some surgery, some bad news about health. And this person said to me, God is able and he is in control. And we will glorify him through this. And that's the way that we need to look at things because praise is a co-worker with glorification. Verse 32 was Simeon, who was the prophet who was waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And it says there that Simeon said that the Messiah would be a light to the Gentiles and the glory to Israel. I love that because the Gentiles had been sitting in darkness. The Gentiles throughout history had been the people who had not been largely exposed to the light, to the coming of the Messiah. And so the Messiah emerged as the crowning glory of this nation of Israel that God had developed just in order to send his Messiah. He was the glory of Israel and he shone forth out of Israel to be the light to the Gentiles. And I, for one Gentile, am so thankful that Jesus Christ is light to me. I want us to notice some more passages in just a moment, but before we do, from Luke chapter 2, and I want to personalize those as we did in the former dig a bit with Luke chapter 1, but before we do that, I wanted us to notice some Uh, One thing from Luke chapter 2 verse 1, it says there, It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled or taxed. And what this was wasn't a current taxation. It was an enrollment, a census, if you will, a, a declaration that indeed I am a citizen of this Roman 
Um, and what it was really was an empire. I am a citizen of this Roman Empire so that when a time of taxation came or a time of, um, it, it could have been any number of things that the Roman government wanted to um, decree on its citizens, but you had to go give your name. How many people lived in your household, your location, all of those things. It was a time of enrollment. And of course, that time, in that time of history, you didn't enroll by internet. We got our census um, notification, and all we had to do was go online and fill out a few questions. Six, I think, something like that. But that's not what was true with Joseph. He had to travel to Bethlehem, which was his center of enrollment in order to be counted in the census of the Roman Empire under the Caesar. So it says there, so that all the world, of course that was the known world at that time that was in the Roman Empire, should be taxed or registered or enrolled. I was reading a commentator on this and he said, this wasn't really levying a tax or imposing a tribute on them, but taking an account of the names and of their estates, their values, in order to later lay a tax on them. There was no need of the appearance of women and children. And so the Arabic version renders this verse that the names of the whole habitable world might be described or written down this enrollment, this part right here is really interesting. This enrollment had been determined by Augustus when at Terracon in Spain 27 years before. This taxation was supposed to have happened 27 years ago, or this enrollment. But Augustus was diverted from it by some disturbances in the empire so that it was postponed or deferred to this time. Are you, are you seeing the big providence word there? When did Joseph need to be in Bethlehem with Mary? Yeah, he needed to be in Bethlehem right now when the fullness of time was come, when God had decreed that Jesus the Messiah would come. This taxation enrollment was supposed to have happened 27 years ago, but there was a remarkable interposition here, an interruption by divine providence, for if it had been made then, it probably wouldn't have been done now, and Joseph and Mary wouldn't have had occasion to come to Bethlehem, but it had to be Bethlehem according to the prophecy in the Old Testament. And so, things, listen to me, things in the course of human events, in the decisions of finite human beings, were being ordered by an infinite and all-wise God to effect the outcome that God knew all along was going to occur. This enrollment reached n not to all the known world, as I think I said a while ago, but to the Roman Empire because it was so very large 
and in the boasting language of the Romans, it was called the world. They call the Roman Empire the whole world. And it was much of the world at the time of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing to me that this enrollment was to have happened almost 30 years prior to this time. But the Lord was overseeing. The Lord was sovereign. God was in control. I want us to take that for our lives today and understand that we can't see the end result of the coronavirus. We can't see the end result of, oh, let's just say the elections that are coming up. We can't see the end result of what occurred a month ago in Tennessee with the tornadoes. We can't see the end of what happened on a Navy ship that's now docked at, in Guam where letters were sent out erroneously about the... We can't see the end of events that are occurring in our world that seem to be so very troubling. But God is everywhere at all times. He is powerful beyond any power that we know on earth, infinitely powerful. And He is infinitely knowledgeable. He knows the end of every human event before it even occurs. And He knows the end for His people of the COVID-19, of this distressing time that we're going through right now. Do you remember how in the book of Acts, also written by Luke, this physician, the great disparaging times that occurred in Jerusalem to the Jews resulted in the spread, Acts 5, Acts continues on through the book of Acts really, resulted in the spread of the gospel to regions where it would not I don't want to say where it would not have otherwise gone because God would have made a way for his gospel to get out. But he used a disparaging time, a distressing time, a time of persecution to get the gospel out to the rest of the world. What is a, a small time of despair or persecution compared to the eternal salvation of multitudes of people? Well, it's nothing. We need to look through the eyes of God, to look through His lens and realize His sovereignty and know that He knows the outcome of difficult things before we even enter into them. Does that mean that we shouldn't take precautions, shouldn't wear a mask if we go to the hospital, or shouldn't um, social distance, or shouldn't, surely we should. We should obey the laws of the land. But God is going to make this work out to the very best possible outcome for His children. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love Him and are the called out, the ecclesia. He is going to make this current distress work out for what is ultimately best for those who are walking after the spirit and not after the flesh. And finally, for this dig a bit, I wanted us to put our names in some verses to make them very personal in the coming of Jesus. Remember what we said, down through the annals of time, God knew that what was happening in Luke 2 was going to profoundly impact the life and eternity of Cindy Colley. 
Luke 2 verse 10, the angel of the Lord came to the shepherds in verse 9. The, his glory shone round about them. I'm going to put my name in verse 10 because this, was for, this message was for them, but it was for me. Fear not, Cindy Colley, for I am bringing you good tidings of great joy. And they are for all people. They are for you. Luke 2 verse 28. And this is where we have Simeon, the devout and just one, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. I can just see the parents bringing in Jesus and him being able to hold God in his arms because he was just devout and had waited for the Holy One and had been affected so profoundly by the Holy Spirit. Remember how you and I are profoundly affected by the Holy Spirit today is when we're in the Word. But I just love what he said when he was holding God in his arms. Verse 29. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for mine eyes have seen your salvation. Cindy Colley can say that. Lord, let your servant Cindy Colley one day die in peace because mine eyes have seen the salvation, your salvation. I love it. Put your name in the verses and realize the profound impact that Luke chapter 2 is having on your life. Today, I want you as you're fixing lunch for your children, as you're going crazy in that house, wanting to get out so badly, but not even being able to go out and draw on someone's driveway anymore because of the shelter orders. I want you when you are praying with your family tonight, when you're having family Bible time, I want you when you're doing your work from home, whatever it is that you're doing, to pause throughout the day and say, but I am still profoundly impacted by what happened, by the glory of God that came in Luke 2. And whatever happens today, I'm going to be okay because of Luke 2. Put your name there. And then finally, Luke 2 verse 32. Simeon goes on to say, Mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, of which Cindy Colley is one. A light for Cindy Colley and the glory of your people, Israel. I'm so thankful that I can put my name in Luke 2 and in Luke 1 as we did in the last dig a bit and that we can personally reflect on but make decisions based on the glory, the weight, the heaviness of what God did for mankind in Luke chapter 2. I hope you have a great day.